You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. You are listening to episode number 114 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. I'm your host, Simon Whistler, and in today's episode, you're going to learn about the female pirate who became one of the most powerful pirates in the whole world, taking on some of the world's most powerful navies. And in the bonus fact section today, you're going to learn about another female pirate who, while not as successful, also had a very interesting career of her own. Let's just get right into today's show. While female pirates weren't uncommon off the coast of Asia in the 18th and 19th centuries, one woman stood above them all. Her birth name isn't known, but this Cantonese pirate went by the name Ching Shia, also by Zheng Yi Sao, wife of Zheng, and Zheng Shi, widow of Zheng. For the purpose of this podcast, I'll just refer to her as Ching Shi to avoid any confusion. Ching Shi was born sometime around 1775. The exact date isn't known. At the age of 26, she found herself working as a prostitute in a floating brothel in Canton. While there, she caught the eye of Zheng Yi, already a successful pirate with a small fleet of ships at his command, known as the Red Flag Fleet. Exactly how the two ended up together is disputed. Some historians hold that Zheng Yi sent a raid to plunder the brothel and asked his men to bring back his favorite prostitute, Ching Shi, for his portion of the loot, while others claim he simply went there himself and proposed that they wed, which she only agreed to do after he consented to give her equal share of his plunder and to allow her to help run the organization. Whatever the case, once married, Ching Shi did indeed begin helping Zheng Yi run the Red Flag fleet. During the next six years, their fleet grew initially from about 200 ships to 600 with some key alliances, including forming the Cantonese Pirate Coalition with Pirate Wu Xia, and then to 1,700 to 1,800 ships by 1807, as more and more pirates flocked to their banner. Unfortunately for Zheng Yi, on November 16, 1807, he found himself caught in a typhoon and didn't manage to survive the ordeal. Rather than step aside, handing the organization over to someone else, Ching Shi convinced Zheng Yi's second-in-command, 21-year-old Chang Pao, to support her in taking over the Red Flag fleet. Chang Pao was the son of a fisherman and had actually been captured by Zheng Yi when Chung Pao was just 15. He was then forced into the life of a pirate. He quickly gained favor in the eyes of Zheng Yi due to his intelligence, bravery, and skill in a fight, and was adopted by the pirate captain and Ching Shi as a son, and made second-in-command of the fleet. With Chang Pao leading their troops in raids and the like, Ching Shi focused on the business side of things, continuing to plan military strategy, and also to govern and grow the organization into something that went beyond just partnered pillaging pirates. At the Red Flag Fleet's peak in 1810, she commanded about 1,800 ships, both big and small, 70 to 80,000 pirates, about 17,000 male pirates directly under her control, the rest being other pirate groups who agreed to work with her group, then female pirates, children, spies, farmers enlisted to supply food, etc. She controlled nearly the entire Guangdong province directly, held a vast spy network within the Qing Dynasty, and dominated the South Chinese Sea. She didn't just rely on looting, blackmailing, and extortion to support her troops either. She set up an ad hoc government to support her pirates, including establishing laws and taxes. Because she controlled pretty much the entire criminal element in the South Chinese Sea, she was also able to guarantee safe passage through it to any merchants who wanted to pay. Of course, if they didn't pay, they were fair game for her pirates. 
In order to manage her ruffians and get them all to do what she said without question, she set up a strict system of law within the Red Flag fleets, which basically equated to, you don't follow the rules, or I think you aren't, and you get your head chopped off. No exceptions. Specific laws included, if you disobey an order, you get your head chopped off and body thrown in the ocean. If you steal anything from the common plunder before it has been divvied up, you get your head chopped off and body thrown in the ocean. If you rape anyone without permission from the leader of your squadron, you get your head chopped off and your body thrown in the ocean. If you have consensual sex with anyone while on duty, you get your head chopped off and your body thrown in the ocean. And your partner in the act would get something heavy strapped to them and also tossed in the ocean. If you loot a town or ship of anything at all or otherwise, harass them when they have paid tribute, you get your head chopped off and your body thrown in the ocean. If you take shore leave without permission, you get your head chopped off and your body thrown in the ocean. If you try to leave the organization, you get your head… <laughs> just kidding. In this case, you get your ears chopped off. Captured ugly women were to be set free unharmed. Captured pretty women could be divvied up or purchased by members of the Red Flag fleet. However, if a pirate was awarded or purchased a pretty woman, he was then considered married to her and was expected to treat her accordingly. If he didn't, he got his head chopped off and his body thrown in the ocean. Besides setting up an ad hoc government and commanding a massive navy sailing the Big Blue, Ching Shi also used her numerous shallow-bottomed boats to good advantage along rivers to raid towns along the way, including defeating any armies that came against her. For instance, two towns once banded together, raised an army, and sent it against her forces. The Red Flag fleet won the battle, and she subsequently marched her army to the two towns and ransacked them, including beheading every male found there. Now, a pirate controlling a large portion of the emperor's land and subjects didn't sit well with him. As such, he raised a fleet of ships to attack Qin Shi's fleet. Unfortunately for him, Qin Shi was also a brilliant military strategist, and rather than running from the emperor's armada, she sailed out to meet it with her fleet, which defeated the armada quite easily. Not only this, but she managed to steal 63 of the large ships sent against her and convinced most of the surviving crews to join her by letting them choose between being nailed to the deck by their feet and then beaten to death, or becoming members of the Red Flag fleet and celebrating the victory with the rest of the pirates. Needless to say, she found herself with plenty of replacements for the pirates she had lost in the battle. As for the admiral of the fleet sent against her, Kuo Lang, he committed suicide before he could be captured by Ching Shi. The attacks on her fleet didn't stop there. However, now without a fleet large enough to take her on alone, the Qing Dynasty government enlisted the aid of the superpower British and Portuguese navies, as well as many Dutch ships, paying them large sums for their help. These combined forces waged war on Ching Shi's organization for two years with little success. She won battle after battle, until finally the emperor decided to take a different tact. Instead of trying to defeat her, he offered her, and most of her organization, amnesty. Ching Shi initially rejected the terms of the Amnesty Treaty. However, in 1810, she unexpectedly showed up at the home of the governor-general of Canton with the intention of working out a peace treaty. The deal she struck was that the fleet would disband, including giving up most of their ships, and in return, they would nearly all be granted amnesty and allowed to keep any loot they had acquired during their time as pirates. The exceptions were 376 of her crew, of which 126 were executed, and the other 250 received some punishment or other for their crimes. 
All the rest got off scot-free, and as part of the agreement, any who wanted it were allowed to join the military, including her second-in-command and now-husband Chang Pao. He was given command of twenty ships in the Qing Dynasty Navy to command. Qingxi was also given money to distribute to her crew to help offset the cost of them switching from a life at sea to one in the mainland. As for Qingxi herself, she negotiated the rights to keep the fortune she'd accumulated and acquired a noble title, Lady by Imperial Decree, which entitled her to various legal protections as a member of the aristocracy. She then retired at the age of 35, opening a gambling house-slash-brothel in Guangzhou, Canton, which she managed until her death at the age of 69. During this time, she also became a mother to at least one son and a grandmother, one can only imagine the bedtime stories she told her son and grandchildren. So, not only was she arguably the most successful pirate of all time, but unlike pretty much every other famous pirate in history, she also managed to escape being executed or punished in any way for her crimes and retired extremely wealthy and a member of the aristocracy. The Dread Pirate Roberts has nothing on her. And now for today's bonus facts. Another famous female pirate was Anne Bonny. Born to a family that eventually became quite wealthy, she went against her father's wishes and married a poor sailor-slash-pirate. Now disowned by her father, she moved to the Bahamas around 1715, where she became acquainted with various pirates, in particular Captain John Calico Jack Rackham. She became his mistress and left her husband for the pirate life. Taking in the fighting and looting, this red-headed beauty quickly gained the respect of her fellow pirates. One wonders how a redhead at sea in the Bahamas without sunscreen managed to survive the sun. In any event, in October of 1720, the ship she was on was attacked, with most of the crew drunk or asleep, leaving Bonnie, Reed, another female pirate, and one other unknown pirate to try and fight off the invading troops. They failed, and supposedly Bonnie's last known words about her lover, Captain Rackham, were, If he had, had fought like a man, he need not have been hanged like a dog. Although sentenced to die, Bonnie and the other female pirate, Reed, were initially spared as they were both pregnant. They were to be executed after they gave birth. Reed, however, died shortly thereafter in prison of some unknown sickness. Bonnie was never executed and seems to have lived to a ripe old age, dying in around 1782. It isn't exactly known how she got off, but it is thought her father intervened on her behalf. He is known to have done so before on other instances where she was arrested, using his connections with various merchants and businessmen in the Bahamas to secure her release. Evidence by her descendants suggests she then returned to her father and married off to Joseph Burley a year later and subsequently had ten children by him, along with the one by Captain Rackham, and lived to the ripe old age of eighty. Again, I bet she had fascinating bedtime stories that she told her children. Another female pirate mentioned above was Mary Reed, comrade of Anne Bonny. Due to being born illegitimately, Reed's mother began dressing her as a boy nearly from birth to take the place of her dead, legitimate older brother. This allowed her mother to continue receiving the inheritance due to her dead son. Reed continued to dress as a boy until grown and found her way as a crewman aboard a ship. Not liking that, she switched and joined the British military, again still disguised as a man. She didn't begin dressing as a woman until she married a Flemish soldier and took up residence running the three trade horses in in the Netherlands. Unfortunately for Reed, given how the rest of her life turned out, her now comfortable life was interrupted by the death of her husband, at which point she began impersonating a man again, once again joining the military. 
After a while, she got tired of this, so traveled to the West Indies, at which point her ship was taken by pirates and she was coerced into joining their ranks. A few years later, in 1720, she joined the crew of Captain Rackham and Anne Bonny, though still with everyone thinking she was a man. She was discovered to be a woman by Bonny when Bonny started to fall for her. The two then became even closer once Bonny knew she was a woman and Rackham became jealous. When Rackham tried to murder Reed, he too was let on to the fact that she was actually a woman. From there, she sometimes dressed as a woman and sometimes as a man, depending on the circumstance. The two went on pirating together until they were captured as described above. Reed subsequently died in prison, either before or during childbirth. As there is no record of her baby or the birth, it is thought she died of some sickness before giving birth. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily Podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.